What is up? What is up? What is up, everyone in the St. Louis and outside the St. Louis area? Joe, where where are we being played at? What was that one that one town? Oh, we are in Chester, the beautiful Chesterfield, Missouri. No, 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 no. The town that that is streaming us a lot. Oh man, we're uh, we're in oh, God. <laughs> we're in Moscow. Yeah, we're in Moscow. Yeah, the Russians, Putin. We're Putin's yeah. favorite podcast. Yeah. I don't know and, if that's a good thing or a bad thing, to be honest with you. It's and the Netherlands. The Netherlands love us, too. The Netherlands love us, too? But Wichita, Kansas. Now, Wichita, Kansas, that was <laughs> the, the that was the first one that was lit up like... Uh, nice. Yeah. Well, hello to everyone in all those wonderful places. Thank you for listening. How about that? Is that better? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thanks for anybody who's listening right now. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. We need that. We need them listens. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. What's That's for sure. So, what, how you been, man? How's your week? Uh, pretty good. Can't St- complain. A lot of busy, busy, busy. Staying out of trouble? Never. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Hey, I ain't got bail money. Right. You're on Neither your own. I. Get arrested. <laughs> man, I'll be honest with you, man. There's not a lot of, like, hoity-toity stuff to do this week, but there's tons of shows and stuff. Like, um, you know, of course, you know, it being Black History Month, you know, there's a... There's a couple of things, you know, surrounding oh, black. Is that this month? That is this I, month. I didn't know. Very important. You should know it, Dan. Yeah. Um, Lift Every Voice, a Black History Month celebration. That's going on February 23rd. But um, other than that, there's not a lot of, of stuff. I mean, I'm sure there's some stuff going on at the Fox and stuff. But, you know, they don't have things like St. Louis Blues. They're playing against the Toronto Maple Leafs on the 19th. I know that. I'm glad you prepared. Yeah, man. <laughs> and and you know there's always jazz the jazz story uh, uh, the field trip the jazz story that's going to be at the Sheldon Music Hall which my band played at the Sheldon Music Hall a couple of weeks ago I don't think and I've ever a, been there it's a cool little spot where's it at it's uh down by Slough like okay. r- actually right next to the Fox oh okay yeah it's a really cool little little spot right on it's neat and then you know like there's uh, Janet Evera. She's doing her a morning in Rio, and that's going to be Wednesday, Tuesday and Wednesday right. of next week. So that, that, that's fun, and that's going to be at the Sheldon as well. So the Sheldon's an up-and-coming place. It's got a lot of cool shit. I don't have to you know? go there. I'm just saying it's, it's, it's hot, you know? Or you could go to River City, and you could see Air Supply. Hmm. When was the last time you went and saw Air Supply? Never. You've never seen Air Supply? No. I haven't either. I wish I could. I mean- River City's a nice place, but yeah, no. I... It's it's nice. It is a nice place. You know, last week was Living Color and uh, Extreme. Oh, right on. I had tickets, but I can't. I couldn't make it. That sucks, but I've seen them a bunch of times, Living Color, that is. I've never seen Extreme, but Living Color's a pretty badass band. Hey, Voodoo Paul Simon. I don't know what the hell that is, but that's at Delmar Hall. It might be the Voodoo Players. That's the thing that I do with Sean Cannon at uh, the Blue Oyster Bar downtown. He calls it the Voodoo Players, but he just hires players to play, and they're doing Paul Simon, but that's at Delmar Hall. So it might be him. I'm not sure, but that looks pretty cool. Mm. Now, this is right down your alley, Plain White Tees. You used to watch those guys or listen to them, didn't you? Yeah, back, I, I, I couldn't tell you. I, was Come it on. either Delilah? Was yeah, that, that's yeah, okay. it. All right, yeah. Yeah, you got all the records. Uh, right, sure. You that's were into why, that that's emo why I stuff. I had to guess that. You look like an emo kid to me. No. No, I was more of a metal kid. Nah. I was Metallica all the way, man. <laughs> sure. But dude, I'm 50 years old. 
Okay. There, emo was not around back then. Now, goth, that was a thing, but that was not me. I did not wear eye makeup. I so see you with eye makeup in a Never. black church. <laughs> not once. Long black hair. Yeah. <laughs> I did have a mullet. I totally see it, bro. You can say what you want to say. You were doing, you were total goth emo, whatever the hell it was. Well, plain white tees are going to be at the Delmore Hall. Um, looks like they're there on Thursday and Friday. So I guess they sold out two nights. That's fucking pretty badass. Nice. Hey, Delilah, you should go. Right. Hey, yeah. Daniela, you should go. <laughs> see what I did there? <laughs> did you know Pops is having a showcase? No. They're having a showcase. Uh, Showcasing like, what? I, I, local bands. Really? Yeah, yeah. They do that still? It's, apparently. Um, that's going to be on, on the 16th and 17th. So maybe, you know, we should talk to them about partnering up at some point. I, I think they got something going on with, um, oh, what is that? Uh, Beyond FM. Ah, that's right. We should go too. Yeah, I mean, we should definitely go support for yeah. sure. But I mean, sure. I, I don't think Pops would be interested, but I mean, we could always... Nah, we could talk to him. We'll yeah. make him interested. Sure. I was trying to pop my knuckles. They didn't pop. It's pretty embarrassing. Oops. How about uh, Mammoth? You know who that is, right? Mammoth. I, the, I, w- I know the, the name, H. but I, I couldn't tell you any of the songs. That's Eddie Van Halen's kid? Wolfgang? Oh, no shit. Now his, dude, I don't know if you have. You heard any of their stuff? No. Yeah, or I should say his stuff? No. Dude. He is legitly a badass. Oh, I I think I heard him play Eruption. Somebody he played Eruption somewhere at some point. No, I'm just talking about he's singing and playing. Oh, I his, know I'm, the yeah. music that he writes. His yeah, songs I, are badass, like total legit. Right. Like I was like I was like oh whatever. And would then you I, would you expect different from Eddie Van? Well, I mean, son, though. I'm. I mean, you have people like Paris Hilton, Hilton who are garbage, you know. So it was just one of those things where I was oh, thinking. What? Her family wasn't musically talented. Yeah, but like they're rich and, no. you know, she didn't well, really talking about do anything. Li- well, what about Lionel Richie and her daughter? Now that's a better. Yeah. Yeah, that's a better. But I'm just saying, just because people are rich and famous, they, their kids don't always follow in their footsteps. I mean, right. sometimes they do. Right. I mean, LeBron James' kids killing it in basketball. So is Sean P- or Scotty Pippen's play, uh, son killing it in basketball. But sometimes these people come out and they just fucking, they're just horrible people. Well, the good musicians that are good parents definitely well, have kids who are good well, musicians. Wolfgang is writing some amazing music, and if you haven't checked it out, check it out because it's complete badass. Absolutely. And then, of course, Dropkick Murphys. They're doing a St. Patrick's Day tour on the 26th. And that's at Pops? No, that's at uh, the factory at Chesterfield. Oh, that's weird. Usually they're at Pops. The factory's really changed the St. Louis game. Oh, dude, have you been in? The I haven't, but oh, I know God. there's been a lot of really good shows there. It's fucking, it's it's a big venue, mm-hmm. um, but it's really cool. Sounds pretty decent, too. Nice. I haven't I haven't been there when it was packed. I bet you when it's packed, right. the sound's fucking amazing. Oh, yeah. Uh, there was a little slapback because it wasn't as full when mm-hmm. I was there. I saw Living Color with uh, Hoobastank and what's the name of that band that did that? Father of Mine. Oh, that's... Uh, Where have you been? Everclear. Everclear. Everclear was headlining. Yeah. And I left after Hoobastank because I'm not an Everclear fan. Sorry, right. everyone. That's yeah. just He wrote the same song like... 17 times yeah. and got a number one hit off of it all the time it, it's literally the same melody line so but if you like it it's it, and no, no offense it's just not my my cup of tea it's not my favorite but they're not horrible uh, again right i'm 
it is what it is. Like I don't, I don't hate it. It just, it's just not my cup of tea. Right. But you know, kudos for him to do the, the shit that I ain't doing. I'd love to still be fucking touring. <laughs> You'd love to be touring and not on this podcast, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'd take you with me. All right. Yeah. You'd be, you'd be in the back of the bus. We could podcast from the road. Yeah, it'd be fun. We could do what uh, Steve-O does and get uh, retrofit a, uh, a camper. You want to Make drive? it into a podcast, too. You want to follow us in a camper? Because I'd be on a bus. I don't care. Shit. Fuck that shit. I Man, I would have a mobile podcast studio. That would be awesome. I'll tell you what. I did the van thing. I, my, my old body couldn't do that again. <sighs> Oof. I'd be oh, I wouldn't be sleeping in the damn thing. I'd be making enough money to <laughs> oh, tell you what, that van life. Yeah. Ugh. No, screw that. I don't you gotta be a little you gotta be a young kid to do mm-hmm. it. I mean, it was what miserable when we first started and we were in our thirties. I've never toured, so I couldn't tell what that's like. It's horrible. And then you get the van and you're like, uh, or you get the bus and it's like, Yeah, this is mm-hmm. what I'm fucking talking about. And then you can never go back. You can never Go back to a van. You're just like, right. fuck that. Nope. Not going to do it. I'm not going to sleep with the spare tire. Fuck uh, that. <laughs> no, you're sleeping on bench seats and right. sleeping upright and, right. and uncomfortable and mm-hmm. driving. You know, you play a show and you pack your shit up and then you got to drive for fucking 15 hours. And then you show up and you, you get a hotel room and you sleep there for two, three hours, take mm-hmm. a shower and go to the venue, do radio. And you're just like, um, why am I so tired? Nah. Well, I'm used to sleeping upright. I do that in my office chair all the time. It'd be like a breeze. It'd be a cakewalk for me. My back can't handle that shit. My yeah. back be like, nope. <laughs> You're out. Somehow, knock on wood. Fire! That's what my back my, my back's kept. It's, it's held sturdy so far. I blew my back out a while ago lifting weights, and it's it's never been the same. Mm, yeah, I remember you telling me about that. Uh, are you a fan of Lewis Black? Yes. He's playing. He's going to be at the factory. Um, the 23rd and 24th. I didn't even know he was still out touring and stuff. That's, uh, he's been releasing, uh, like he's, he's really active. Well, he was really active. He did, he did a podcast or a rant. He's a political comedian. So it'd be interesting to see what he has to say. Yeah. I think he turned political. He wasn't all, as far as I can remember, he's always at least partially been political. I don't know. I think he just turned political probably when, uh, probably around the Hillary Clinton or, Hillary and Trump thing because I think he used to just talk about life. Mm, I think it's been a little politics. I, I, I could from what wrong. I can remember, my cousin was like a huge fan of his. So I thought he was pretty funny when he, he got his rants and he got oh, so it, mad. So that's yeah, that's yeah. yeah. That shit used to crack me. Up. Yeah. <laughs> well, he shakes like he's like. I yeah. wish I was better at sports. So it's hockey season now, right? Mm-hmm. And it's basketball season. Mm-hmm. Baseball uh, training camps get ready to start, and then when does? And it's it, technically it's the end because Super Bowl's Sunday. Yeah, the end of football is Sunday. Um. So when soccer start, and then baseball starts. The actual baseball season starts in because it, they call it spring training. So it starts after, like beginning summer. I or? have no clue. I, I I know nothing. Zero zilch about soccer. I, 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 <laughs> I'm talking about baseball. Oh, I thought you said soccer. You said when does soccer start? Well, when does baseball, because spring oh, training. 48 is, days for spring training is when. 48 when, days. For, yeah. Because it's like, I just don't know when they start and when they end. And it seems like everything's always overlapping. And I'm like, I don't mm. know when. Yeah. Well. I'm a musician, though, so I'm not right. a, 
Me I'm too. Not I'm not a guy. big. Well, I'm not a musician, but I mean, I, I definitely don't follow sports. I. I mean, I. I used to play back in the day, but. Yeah, I did. I played football, baseball, soccer, baseball, and football, yeah. but I just. Yeah. And soccer, shit. Did I say soccer already? Yeah, you said yeah. soccer. I played that growing up as a kid, but. I think I might have played it for one game or something. Oh, no, I played yeah. years of it. Uh, I was just. This wasn't my thing. It was too much running. I was just. <laughs> I was, I was just kid. <laughs> average. I was never like a star. Yeah. But I didn't suck. I was just. Yeah. I made the teams and I played, but I was never like the yeah. star. But uh, now, when I played football, I played Ironman football. I played center, nose guard, and right guard. So they never took me out. I was constantly on the field because I was a I was a big kid. <laughs> <laughs> right on, right on. All right, let's bring in our guest. Sounds good, Mister Larry Cornfield. How you doing, partner? I'm good. What's how you been? Fantastic. It's really nice to be here a second time. There's so much to talk about, uh, dude. Oh I my god, understand that you're busy from everything I've seen and talked to you about. Oh, it's fantastic jeez bro <laughs> like i thought you said you were retiring i'm retiring from i guess your cover band and then you wound up doing a thousand more things it looks like <laughs> oh, not only that but i didn't fully retire from the cover band because they kind of pulled me back in for <laughs> for a certain aspect of what we used to do when the band we're talking about is groove thing that is a st louis institution starting back in 1997 still playing but I retired in 2020. I turned 60 years old and I got tired of, you know, not spending Friday and Saturday nights with my wife for 20 something years. So with no gigs on the book because of the pandemic, I retired thinking that if they ever decided to maybe reboot the Steely Dan tribute or the Earth, Wind and Fire tribute or the Doobie Brothers tribute, would I say yes? The answer was, of course I would. Hell yeah. So in 2022, I got the call saying, hey, if, if Mark Crowell were to do this, would you be interested in rebooting the Steely Dan tribute? And I said, hell yeah. Hell yeah. So in 2022, we started doing that again. Nice. So I'm still playing with these same guys that I've been playing with for decades now, and it's just beautiful. That's killer, man. Yeah. That is so awesome. And that's just one thing that I'm doing. <laughs> it's yeah. one of the many. Yeah, I, you know, um, well, and, and you're in a couple other bands though, that, that you're doing, uh, Silverland is is a band that you're doing right now. Yeah, that's one of the uh, Autumn Hill Records related things that I'm doing. And jeez, and then oh my god, <laughs> I mean the, 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 the Silverman Brothers, the Silverman Brothers. Yeah, I mean everybody. I mean I you talked, to, talked about them at great length when I was here the last time. Yeah, but everybody knows. Everyone should know who they are. Like everyone should know who you are because yeah. they're monsters on the scene. Right. Uh, but I mean, so I understand that you guys have some music coming out soon we have um a new single called avalanche that uh, we've just completed the video it's been out just for a couple of days the single is uh, the artwork's done the you know the upload for the distribution has been done so it'll be available on all the streaming services any day now and um it has a special guest there's a special guest it's not just the three of us the core of silverland rob and mike and i but the world-renowned guitar virtuoso and legend Michelangelo Badio oh, plays on this. He's the guy. He's the guy who plays the guitar with four necks and can play with his hands in any orientation on any of the four guitar necks. He can play harmony with himself on two different guitars at the same time. I mean, he's got abilities on the guitar that no one else on the planet has. That is just. And he's <laughs> so he bad. came to town to shoot this video, and it is just. It's a fantastic piece of music that was, you know, written by 
you know, Rob and Mike and I, as well as a couple other people, but um, Michelangelo is just absolutely shredding and burning on it. And the video looks really, really cool. It looks as cool as the other Silverland videos that we recently yeah, yeah. did that uh, were played when I was here last. Um, also shot in the, uh, the beautiful little place called the Fusion Factory where we shoot these videos that have this incredible look and you'll see it when we roll the video now. So we can we can play it. Yeah. We're gonna play. It. We got he he gave you the video. Yeah. Ah yeah, let's play it. All right, everybody. Check this shit out. This is gonna be awesome.
yeah, dude. That's so badass. I have dude. to catch my That's breath. Amazing. <laughs> Holy cow. Okay, so let me ask you this. I just got to ask me this. What? What? How? What's your writing process like when you have like all those musicians come in? I mean, like, what? What's it like? Like, I can't imagine. Well, it's a real privilege hanging out with guys like this. The uh, composition pro- process is actually this effortless thing that's just as natural as you and me talking right now. Um, as a composer, Michael Silverman is just uh, utterly prolific. I mean, that's, I can't even think of a better word. I mean, he can just sit and compose music as he talks and, you know, he remembers everything he does and knows how to, you know, get everything to work. I mean, and just being around him and, just you know just being part of it is just it, it it there's really i can't really say anything more about it it's just this natural phenomenal experience it's like part of my daily life because you know we're we're constantly working on new things and and it's it's just this natural thing it's, that's awesome so it's not like a jam like you guys don't show up and just start jamming no okay so no, he's got always it. he's always got something in his mind that he can just play on the starts piano. playing and you guys start figuring and it we just start puzzling it together until it becomes okay you know this sort of thing <laughs> yeah it's weird like like my band cavo sometimes someone has an idea and that's how we do it someone has an uh, a blueprint of it and we write that way or or sometimes they just start off by us jamming yeah and things go. It's it's just always amazing how some bands can do, you know, do it do it, you know, the, both ways or or you know, versus having a band who writes all the music and just brings it to, you know, the band and yeah. and they just do what he wants them to do. Because I always feel like that's one sided and you lose a little bit of 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 uh, people's personality and yeah. they're playing and stuff. So it's it's awesome that you know. Yeah, Rob, it, it, Rob it, comes up with something and, and you guys kind of vibe with them and then create this thing. Cause like, I mean, shit, the lines you were playing. <laughs> yeah. Badass. Yeah. Um, those things required a great deal of wood shedding in order to be able to get them on tape. That was no joke. That's Playing crazy. unison licks with Michelangelo Badio, that two handed thing that I did. I mean, we're talking, you know, just weeks of practice before I ever recorded the part. Right on. Because, you know, I mean, it was hard. There's nothing easy about any of that. But you also, you're a perfectionist, so I'm sure you could have gone in and done it in a couple of takes, but you wanted to walk in and do it in like one. <laughs> mm, it's Come uh, on, I know you're a badass. Getting it getting it right is the most important thing. I yeah. mean, it's, you know, you, you, you live with it, you know, it's yeah. forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's, there's, no, there's no half-assing any of this. Right. Well... There's some people who have assets. Well, not for me. <laughs> yeah. Well, of course yeah, not you. Not for me. You're the shit. I always... not, not for not for the people who I do this with. That is that is such a killer. <laughs> so that's out right now. Yeah, yeah. It's just been released. The video just got completed. The final mix just got completed a couple days ago. Um, it was first, you know, out on Facebook, and as of this afternoon, we we're almost two thousand views oh. on Facebook alone, which is really yeah, a lot awesome. for us, and. Uh, Later to, I mean, just before I came here today, the artwork got approved by everybody, and now it's been uploaded to all the, you know, the the, the distribution service. It'll get it out to all the stores, and um, you know, and Michelangelo is gonna, you know, start pushing it to his tribe of millions of people. That's awesome. And the and the incredible band that he plays with, he he's on tour with with Manowar, oh, one of the biggest metal bands yeah. of all time. 
and they're gonna you know maybe help us out getting the word out that this video exists with him playing on it oh that's awesome so yeah this thing could blow up big time in any at any moment <laughs> so all my st louis peeps out there and beyond Make sure you download this. Make sure you stream it. Make sure you purchase it on. Is iTunes still a thing where you can purchase music? I don't know if you can do that anymore. Amazon. You I'm can. sure you can. Amazon. Make iTunes, sure you yeah. check this shit out because I'm telling you. It's called Avalanche by Silverland from Autumn Hill Records. Make sure you check it out because this is some of St. Louis' best musicians just killing it out there, Vivi. That's what I'm talking about. Well, thank you. Hell yeah, bro. I'm excited. So the whole record's going to be coming out soon, right? Well, we've got three done, three songs. So it's going to be like an EP that'll eventually, you know, become a record. But okay. right now it's just the three Silverland pieces that we've got done. So are you going to try to release it and just continue building on yeah. the record? Oh, yeah. that's cool. So yeah. That's what. That's kind of what we did. Too. Yeah, as more stuff gets done, and put it out. Don't have to wait until the album's done. It's yeah. not like that anymore. Yeah, yeah. If we were doing vinyl or some kind of physical release, it would be different, but it's not. Yeah. Digital world, put it out one song at a time, get it done, make the video, boom, you know, make make people know that it's out there and have fun with it uh, right as soon as it's done. You dude, know? that's so killer, dude. <laughs> yeah. I'm so, dude, I'm so excited for you. Yeah, it's nice. I'm excited for my ear holes. What about you, Joe? You excited? Always excited, man. Oh, <laughs> Right. Oh, always excited. <laughs> I am always excited. This is the guy that thought Hootie sang in fucking Living Color. All right, Jesus. I'm never going to hear the end of this. You're not. You don't deserve to be forgiven for that. <laughs> never going to hear the end of this. <laughs> That's horrible. <laughs> did you see Living Color when they played at the pageant with King Crimson? I did not. Oh, that was awesome. I think, when was that? That was a bunch of years ago. I forget when. I think happened. we were touring at the time. Mm -hmm. I don't think we were in St. Louis. Um, I've seen them. I saw them play at the Duck Room, and they played Times Up from beginning to end. Album. Were you there? Uh, no. They played it probably 20 beats per minute faster. Mm. Ah, dude, I was just like this the whole time <laughs> I was. Holy shit, this is awesome. And they killed it. Oh, I bet. And they played. Killer band. And then said their goodbyes, and I guess they had to truck off because the bus left in like an hour after they played, but it was so badass. Mm -hmm. So badass. And it wasn't, I'm, I'm going to say that there was maybe 100 people down there, maybe tops, but all of us were all just like mesmerized going, holy shit, this is so badass. It was so, fierce. Oh. Dude, it was so because you know I'm fierce. Yeah, dude, it was it was so badass, man. And and I was thinking to myself, why are they here at the duck right. room? Why are they at the duck room? And then they played, and I was like, I'm fucking glad they were here at the duck room because I was fucking so close. I got to experience it. It was just in my face, and I'm glad I got to experience. And I don't want anyone else to ever experience that. So they have to play bigger places because they deserve it. They're they're one of my favorite bands. I mean, they to me they they are. One of the reasons why I I, th I thought it was okay to play mu the music that I love, like mm. rock music. When growing up, when I was a kid, you know, people said, "Why are you playing that white boy music?" It's like I didn't know I couldn't. <laughs> you know, I was like, "Shit!" And then everybody's like, "Oh, we we don't play that. We don't play that stuff." And then Fishbone and Living Color came out, and I was like, "See," in my neighborhood, I was like, "See, what's up? What's up?" And they were like, oh, that, that cult of personnel, that's a badass song. And I was like, see? see? That's what I'm trying to do. That's what we're talking about. Yeah. So, I don't know. I always, I always, those guys kind of gave me that permission, I guess. It's a weird thing to say, but I kind of felt like it's okay for me to do it. Even though I was doing it and people were making fun of me, once 
I saw that, then I was proud and wasn't embarrassed by it. I was like, I can play this shit and you, no one can say shit to me. I can relate a little bit to that. When I got interested in jazz when I was a young musician, I alienated a lot of my friends. They weren't listening to the same kind of music I was listening to anymore. And shit happens. You move yeah. on, you know? I yeah. fell in love with jazz and the stuff I was listening to prior to, the, prior to that kind of fell away and it changes who you hang out with for some reason. It shouldn't. It shouldn't matter. It's yeah. just music. It's just something you do for, you know, yeah, it's just listening to music. What's the big deal? There know? was a lot of racial tension at my school about all kinds of things. And music was one of them. There was another guy. His name was LaVon. And me and him actually wound up being in a band later together. He listened to rock music. And they kind of made fun of us in high school about that, about the kind of music we listened to and shit. But it was like, I don't care. I don't give a fuck. I like this shit. This shit's badass. I don't, I don't care. care. Anyway. Anyway. So you have another band. So aside from Silverland, aside from the Steely Dan tribute. It's called Rhythm City. Rhythm City, yeah. Tell me about this band. Okay, Rhythm City. I mentioned a little bit about, I think, the last time I was here. It started out as, um, um, a, with regards to a local piano player who is, a, the piano players who I get to play with in this town, I can't even tell you how amazing they are. But one of them, aside from Michael Silverman, from you know the video we just saw, is a a piano player named Pita Williams, P-T-A-H, the Egyptian, not Peter, Pita Williams. He is a piano player, a jazz piano player of the highest order. I put him up in the same category or level as a jazz pianist that I would put somebody like Herbie Hancock or Chick Corea or Oscar oh, Peterson or, you know, um, you know, Art Tatum. I mean, those yeah. jazz, that level of jazz piano brilliance. I consider this guy, and he's legendary in this town because of that. I believe he deserves wider recognition than that. And somehow or other, um, Rob Silverman and I decided to start having him come over for regular, you know, visits at the studio. This was back in 2019. And, you know, it was, you know, the studio was perfectly equipped and running, everything working. So it was like, yeah, come over and let's just jam. We'll record us messing around on, you know, real book stuff, jazz standards and things just to see how it, how it sounds and just have some fun with it. But it was a very wise move to record all of these sessions and to run cameras to, to capture all this stuff. And, um, the uh, recording sessions took place like summer of 2019 up through the beginning of COVID. That's when we stopped. But in that period of time, he came over enough and we recorded enough material. I mean, it was hours and hours and hours of us playing amazing stuff. So when COVID came along, um, Rob and Mike decided to just let me work on mixing this music that we had already recorded hours and hours and hours of to, uh, you know, keep me working and to, uh, you know, and by myself to where there was no problem with, you know, having to deal with other people and worrying about the, you know, the, the, the virus and stuff. And um, we started to listen to the playbacks of the mixes that I was creating of this stuff. And we started to realize this is really, really awesome. So we found, you know, I just finished eight of the songs. I just randomly chose eight of the dozens of songs and we released them on Autumn Hill Records on an album called Rhythm City that um, got extremely well reviewed when it got released in 2021. Um, all the jazz magazines gave it great reviews, including Downbeat, which is like the biggest jazz magazine of all, gave it a four-star review nice. and put it on its list of masterpieces for 2021. 
So fast forward a little bit. I'm still working on mixing because, like I said, there's dozens of songs. I mean, there's just tons and tons of music that we recorded because we were just very efficient. We were just jamming. We never even rehearsed. We just got together and just started playing. Here's, you know, let's just pick a song and just go. And um, we um, got to a point where there were like 20 really, really good, outstanding uh, mixes that I had developed, plus a piece of him, of Pita playing solo piano. Beautiful thing. So what we decided to do was take the first eight songs that were released on the first Rhythm City album, remaster them using the cool new audio tools that exist now in... Uh, along with 12 others that weren't released. Plus, like I said, this solo piano thing that he did. So we just released it. It's just been out for a couple weeks now. It's called uh, Rhythm City featuring Pita Williams Anthology. It's 21 cuts. It's over three hours of just world-class jazz that if you like jazz and you like jazz piano, like the people who I mentioned earlier, you got to listen to this. It's just fantastic. Um, hearing this uh, inventive, creative genius playing without any tethers at all. And um, it's phenomenal. And there's several videos that I, you know, we captured some video, some of it I edited into, uh, you know, something worth looking at. And we've got a couple of them here tonight. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Hey, can we play one of those there, Joe? Is like I said, none of this was rehearsed. These are just us just picking a song and, and just going for it. Dude, that's just amazing.
That's so badass. That is just amazing. I was like I said, I just handed Pete a chart. He didn't know the song, and that's just us playing it like the first time. We did two takes, and they were both so good that I had to use both of them when I edited it all together. Oh, wow. <laughs> I had to use both takes because they were just fierce jamming. Ricky, don't lose that number. That, dude, that's such a badass song. It's a great so, song. So, so he went from charts, but you've, you've no, I mean, you've probably played that song a thousand times. I've played billion. it a thousand times. Right. <laughs> That's just amazing to me, man. That's just fucking badass. And Rob hadn't played it before. And he wasn't like a Steely Dan fan. Neither of them were. But that's just what happens when you're in the right frame of mind. We just just play what sounds like it would work for that song. How did you have the foresight to record it? Like, uh, Were you just thinking, let's get video on this because we're gonna. this might be cool? Yeah. This might end up being really, really great. So let's just record whatever we play. Run cameras if at all possible. I'm... Doing all this at the same time, I am engineering the session. I'm running Pro Tools. I'm making sure everybody's headphones are good. I'm making sure the lighting's okay. I'm making sure the cameras are on and pointed in the right direction. And I'm playing the bass all at the same time. And I'm also making sure that the studio is operating correctly because that's my gig. My day gig is making the studio work. And so, um, yeah, I have a lot on my plate whenever we were making any of these things, but it came out so good. And, you know, they just gave me carte blanche to turn out really top-notch mixes in these videos. That's all. Well, that's because you do such a fantastic job of it. I mean, Jesus, that was killer. <laughs> that's cool. I mean, damn, dude. And what happens after? I mean, we kind of dispensed with the form of the song. At that point, we just, just jam. It's just this, well, there's a reason why Rhythm City is what we're called. When you listen to what happens when Pita starts initiating a rhythmic thing uh -huh. and rob catches it and they both go into this rhythmic direction that is unlike anything else i've ever heard and then i'm just there being the, the foundation for it all it's really so fun. is that on youtube um not yet i just finished these two okay so right now they're not yet but they will be send them to us when you get them and we'll tag them and there'll be more there's yeah. others that i have to finish also oh yeah dude let's start we need to, we need to get like a uh guest uh, page or a video page on our our youtube where we can add you know bands that have been on the on the pod and just well, keep their shit popping uh, there is a separate uh like when you did a live performance um yeah. if you go to our youtube we have different playlists that i've set up one oh, cool. is a live performance playlist so when you go to it you can just see the live performances that have happened here or you can go and watch the actual podcast well can we add different... like these videos to uh, or do a playlist, do a separate playlist. We or, could do a separate playlist that'll link to their video. Yeah, let's do something of, like yeah. that. Cause I'd like to do that sure. with, with Rocky Rocky too, to get his stuff that he played. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I need to do a lot of, uh, there's a lot of plans coming up with when okay. it comes to promoting the bands who have been on the show on our social media page. I plan on making a lot of posts here coming up soon. Cool. For Except those who don't that. know who that was, that was Joe pro. He took his picture off. You know, there he is. I'm not getting it used to being on camera. Uh, you're gonna, <laughs> we got we to gotta get you on camera because people think you're our conscience talking. I need to get a better camera because having that in there is just causing reflections. Uh, I thought about setting up my iPad, but it's just at a bad angle. So I have to figure that one out. Well, get another camera and set it out there. Uh, we actually have one. It, it's, it's a, there's a whole issue. I got to have a separate list. We'll solve the issue. I'm planning on it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so demanding. But then again, it is my month. 
It's your time of the month? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's my whole month. It may not be my time of my the month, bad. but it's my month. <laughs> I'm at 20 days of me being a tyrant to your ass. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> I kid, I kid. I'm just kidding. So Rhythm City, so we won't be able to catch you live anywhere, but. At the intersection, we're playing. At the intersection? We're going to be playing at the intersection coming up this uh, coming summer. We hear that, Joe? We're going to have to go to the intersection. And also this coming Friday, there's going to be a little bit of this sort of action with the same group of people at the Focal Point in Maplewood. Ooh. This coming Friday. Hell yeah. The 16th of February. 16th of February. It's, it's a Autumn Hill Records, Fusion Warriors, big fusion jam. And part of who will be there, among many, will be these same people. Oh, that's playing cool. like Chick Corea tunes, and it's just going to be a flashy, uh, lots of notes fest. Hell it's yeah. It's going to be a lot of fun. How many musicians are going to be playing? A whole bunch. I have no idea how many altogether. Damn. But it's going to be a lot of notes. If you like a lot of notes, and you like <laughs> shredding jazz fusion players, this is going to be one of those kind of nights. Fuck yeah, dude. Yeah. That sounds fucking badass. Yeah. Yeah. What else? And you got another show too, right? You have the following night, February the 17th. The Steely Dan tribute that I play in called Deacon Dan. Again, the offshoot, if you will, or the re reconnection of some of the original members of Groove Thing, returning to the scene of the crime with uh, the intent of playing Steely Dan music like we used to do back in the day, where we, you know, sold out the pageant four times and nice. stuff it, like that. Is it sold out already? This particular one? Yes. No. Okay, it's, good. Because at the Diamond Music Hall, uh, Saturday, February 17th. Ooh, okay, so I'm torn because I can't do both. <laughs> can't do both. Shoot. Hey, let's let's do Steely Dan. Let's let's go to the Diamond Hall. Diamond, sure. Let's do that. Um, I just love Steely Dan. Though. Steely Dan. It's ninety minutes set that where we're going to be tearing it up, as we've been doing since like two thousand six. <laughs> so what's, we're very very good at it. What showtime? I don't know exactly. I think that there's an opening band. I'm not sure exactly. Are they good? Do you know them? No, I don't. But it's probably pretty good. I was an opener, so I, I go to opening bands, but I hate it when you go and they, they blow and you just, you're sitting there going, damn it. <laughs> Should have stayed home for a little bit. I'll tell you, last year, last February, when we played the Steely Dan tribute, the same thing, at the Diamond Music Hall, the opening band was a Chicago tribute band. Ooh. And they were intensely good. That would have been bad. It was their first show playing that stuff, and they were phenomenal. And um, our guitar player, Mark Crowell, actually played in both. Oh, nice. Talk about a glutton for punishment. Talking about covering guitar parts. Jesus, this guy, he, he, that's, that's why he's such a legend in St. Louis, too, and why it's such a, a privilege for me to get to play with a guy like that. Mark you're Crowell. so humble. <laughs> you're so humble, but you're their privilege to play with you because you're a beast, bro. <laughs> you're a beast. I don't, I'm telling you. You're a beast, bro. Oh, okay. So we're gonna Thank go. You. We're gonna go Saturday for sure. And if I could swing out Friday, maybe I'll try to go to Maplewood. Yeah, that'd be cool. I'm thinking here if I can swing it. I bet you can. <laughs> maybe. That's awesome. So I think we have another. We do. We have one more. We have another yeah, song. Another that we can video play. from the same period of time like late 2019 early 2020 with um 
Pita playing the piano and synth and Rob playing drums. This is a Wayne Shorter tune. It first appeared on a Miles Davis album called Miles Smiles. And the song's called Footprints. And we do it really differently than, than, than the Miles Davis quintet did. So, Hell yeah. Let's so check this it out. is nine minutes and 39 seconds long. Do we want to watch the entire thing? No, no. let's watch... Okay. Let's watch like just the beginning up to about a minute or whatever. Yeah. Sure. You know? Okay. All right, here we go. You want to do like with the same kind of a funk thing to start? Yeah, you set it up. Reminds me of like really classy video game music, like video game music. Yeah, no, you, dude, you're it reminds me. Gamer. Man, that is a huge compliment because video game music is badass, especially yeah. It reminds me of like when I was trying to get into music, and I first couple of times I put in some Jocko, and I was just like, "Holy shit! Wait, what? What? That's what it reminds me of. <laughs> like when you hear like." badass like i i grew up playing def leppard like i thought that's what bass players did doom 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 and then you hear jocko and stanley clark and you go wait 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 right what so that's what that reminds me yeah it's like that doom 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 it's kind of like gene simmons from kiss yeah 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 like when you when you hear and see people at another level fucking just killing right you're just going Okay, dude. Now that's fucking badass, fucking impressive. I'm looking at these beasts kill it. It's just, it's just for me. It just, it geeks me out. I get excited. Sorry. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm with you. I get overly excited about shit like that because, oh, that's just fucking badass, man. I shit. mean, you are a bassist. I mean, it, it'd be weird if it didn't uh, do yeah. something for you. Well, I mean, you know, when you're a when you're a mish, musician and you see musicians that far surpass anybody that I've ever toured with, anybody that I've ever played with, and you get a chance to sit in a room with them or take lessons from them or witness them live. It's a it's a life changing thing. I mean, it inspires you. You, you know, like like every time I'm, I'm around Larry, I go home and I, I practice more. I, you know, um, cause it, he's an inspiration to me and like seeing the kind of people that he plays with, like, I just go, Jesus Christ, man, like that's badass. Could you imagine having that in your orbit? You know, it's right. just, it's just life changing for me, you know? So I don't know. I just, I, I get, get kicked out when, when I talk about you, 
uh, Larry and, and I bring you up with my friends and, and people, you know, to me, you are one of the best bass players. I put you up there with, you know, the Jackos and stuff as, as far as inspiration to me. And that's you for me. And, and the, the great thing is, is you are in my life. Like I yeah. can call you and, right. and shit. So it's just badass to me. And, and every time you do something, I, I get geeked out and excited and I want the world to know because they're missing out on something incredible. I don't I, know how else to I, say it. I, I feel, um, Similar in many, many ways. First of all, imagine the level of geekiness that occurred when I was a freshman at the University of Miami in 1977. Jocko was a faculty member only a couple of years before I was there. Um, Steve Morse, Pat Metheny. I mean, these legendary musicians, these people who we, we know are like among the best who've ever lived, were roaming those same hallways as I did just a couple of years, a few years prior to me being there. And the inspiration yeah. that I felt just being in those same hallways. That's blue. That's I'm 17 years old and I'm in the midst of, of this thing that I had no, I had no idea. I mean, all I knew, all I knew it was a place where a, I could study the bass guitar and the upright bass equally that they didn't view the bass guitar as some secondary thing. I could actually have that be my principal instrument as well as the upright bass. And I could get a jazz performance degree. I didn't know about these people. I didn't know about this reputation until I got there after I was accepted there. My first meeting with the dean, that's when I found out about all this stuff. And I'm thinking to myself, holy, what? <laughs> no, I'm, I, they couldn't possibly have accepted me based on my merit as a player. I was 17. I'd only been playing bass since I was 11. How? How, how did this all happen? But it did. That's and awesome. I was just in a, in a good place at a good time. And the inspiration was very, very powerful. So I totally relate to that. And... Um, Legit, baby. Legit, for real. And and Man. and the fact that I got to, you know, study with these phenomenal teachers, that whole music department, that was just an ongoing thing. And I guess to this day still is. But at the time it was one of the only places on earth where you could study that concentrated on that type of music on this instrument. At the time that was yeah. like it. That was the only place. That's why I went there. Damn. So it was cool. I mean, Fuck yeah, super that's cool. cool. <laughs> that's <like a> badass, <laughs> bro. Oh shit, dude, you're a beast. God, oh man, God bless you. <laughs> God bless you. All right, now, so I hear you're doing some music for a documentary. Yeah, yeah. There's How a, did you get into that? All right, an an old friend of mine who um, I've done music with going back into the '90s. In fact, he he and I are old friends to the point where I was. Um, at his wedding, behind, backstage playing the music for his wedding. And at the wedding reception later that evening is where I met my wife, Teresa. Oh, that's cool. So How about that? His name is David Elfenbaum, and I've known him for decades. And he has recently become an artist, a visual artist, who uses um, uh, artificial intelligence tools in the creation of his art. And he is how I got involved in doing the music for this documentary miniseries that's in production now. It's called AI Decoded, and it is a, a documentary miniseries that's being done um, 
about visual artists who use AI tools in the creation of their art, talks about the beauty of it and the controversies associated with it and the legalities and the technicalities. And there's interviews with all these artists and the attorneys who represent them and the people who write the software. And it's really, really cool. They're uh, editing the first episode together right now as we speak in Denver. So they're sending me clips and I'm scoring music for it and sending them what I'm composing. And, and it's, so it's, cool. it's really, really cool. So Dave got me the gig to compose this music for this for this for this uh, series, this documentary. Congratulations! Yeah, it's really neat. My not my first foray into doing film music, but my first like real foray into it because other films that I've done music for have been, you know, KDHX, um, forty eight hour film festival stuff, where you don't even get to see the the footage. You have to compose the music based on the script. Oh, okay. <laughs> and uh, doing it to the actual footage is completely different things. Yeah, you can um, feel it more. Oh God, there's no there's no no comparison so. dude that's amazing congrats bro so yeah that's happening right now do you know when that's going to be out they want to get it get this first episode in the can like within the next few days so i'm pretty busy putting little bits and pieces of music together to go behind like it's basically interviews lots and lots of interviews sure. with with people all over the world so they'll send me a seven minute clip where they're interviewing this person who won this art festival and all the controversy and i'm composing music that i think feels good going behind it and they're liking what i'm doing so well, i want to check that shit really out neat. when it let me know when it drops you bet i want to watch that for sure you shit, bet. that's fucking badass you bet there's a trailer that i'll send you a link for that's got my piece on it too oh, that's cool I'll send you that when i get a chance does ai worry you no i use ai stuff do you in in my composing and okay mastering and mixing and stuff i use it i don't worry about it at all. So you have no fear that at some point computers are going to write better music than humans? Hell no. You can't. Because they don't have do. soul, right? I mean, not they, better than humans, but I mean, they already write music and they're already on their way. So It's already, yeah, but but it's it, it, it's coming from a database. It's not coming from a human, you know, it's a different thing entirely. It's got no depth and soul. Yeah, it, I mean, it, it doesn't have the imprint of a human's taste right that's like, what it's all about to see eddie van halen shred versus hearing an ai version of shredding right it would be completely different because completely. obviously i mean where's the talent in the shredding you know what i mean yeah when it's ai but yeah an, an artist's taste is at the core of what's being done when it's a person when it's the machine it's just the machine is an assistant Gotcha. It helps me do stuff. It does a couple of things that I don't want to have to spend the time on, or it handles a task that, you know, it can do better than me, but it's only just one little task. Or if I just need a suggestion for something, I'll use an AI tool. Gotcha. No big deal. It's still me. That's cool. I'm not using, I'm not relying on it to do my work. It's just helping me out a little bit. It's gotcha. Fine in that regard. That's cool. Yeah. So any chance we're going to hear or get a Larry CD? I, I have a bunch of stuff that's in various stages of completion that I just simply haven't had time to finish. So that's a yes? Yes. We're going to get a Larry Cornfield CD? Well, it'll probably be as I finish them. I'll put them out one at a time until it becomes an album. But there's a whole bunch of stuff, things that I've composed myself over a long period of years, as well as some really, really cool covers oh. that I'm doing my own little remakes of. Hell yeah. And some of it is going to incorporate, you know, fancy bass playing like what I do. And some of it is just arrangements and cool things that feature other people. 
Right on. You've released music before I under have. yourself. And is that stuff still available? Is that available on as like? Far as, as far as I know, yeah. TuneCore, I think uh, there's. Um, Not on the uh, mainstreaming sites? I think, I think so, yeah. Okay. I think you can find it. I did a thing. I think I put it out in 2016. It's called Reconciliation. It's a four-song EP. And that, I believe, is still out there. So uh, okay. it's, it's early. It's not as cool as what I'm doing now, but it's still cool. Hey, still anything cool. you drop into legit, yeah, yeah. it's worth listening to. Damn. Yeah. That's cool. I'm going to I'm gonna make sure I have it. I'm not sure that, that I have that. Okay. So I'm going to have to check. Yeah. And if I don't, I'm calling you. Yeah, I think, <laughs> I think it's, yeah, it's still floating around. I've been paying to keep, you know, keep it going year okay. after year. So even though it's, it costs me a lot more to do that than I've made. <laughs> That's okay. That's the name of the game. I'll tell you, when Kavo's releasing music and, and it's, it's costing us more to record it than it is to, that we receive back right now. Yeah. But that's because you don't get paid for the music nowadays. That's true. It's a different different thing. Yeah. Totally different thing. For sure. Yeah. Um, is there anything else that you want to bring up or talk about or plug real quick? Well, I would say uh, probably the a good place to go, I think I mentioned it the last time, was just go to autumnhillrecords.com and uh, take a look at the roster of artists who we represent on the label. The finest in jazz from all over the world. Oh yeah, and um, just it's just an amazing situation to be involved in, to be around people like this, to get to do recordings with um, just top-notch jazz and jazz fusion and prog rock musicians from far and wide, and having my name associated and my notes associated with with uh, people at that level. It's just a phenomenal little little niche I've carved for myself based on whatever skill set I've acquired over a period of time. And Multi-talented, I'll tell you. Multi-talented, dude. The stuff you do, I mean, you can wire a studio, oh, yeah. mix, master, you record, you can play. I mean, Jesus Christ, dude. Every hat. IT guy. Yeah, that's right. You used to do IT. IT guy, analog, soldering iron guy. I mean, everything, man. Jeez. You know, it was... Something that came about being out in L.A. and trying to survive, I was offered work as a recording engineer. I never thought I would ever do that. I just wanted to be a bass player. But I started getting work as an engineer, and that led to being the soldering iron guy. Hey, could you, can you fix this cable for me? Can you, can you install this console for me? <laughs> can, can, you, can you make a wiring harness and a patch bay? And, you know, can you maintain this console? Can you take this piece of gear out of the box, install it, and then learn how to use it, and then, you know, teach the owner of the studio how to do it? Yeah, I would just do all these things that I was asked to do, and I ended up with this very broad recording studio-centric skill set that went way beyond just being a bass player, which was very, very firmly my my goal. I wanted to be the guy who could play any style, play the upright bass and the bass guitar equally well, be on stage, be in the studio. That's what I wanted to do. I had no interest in any of that other stuff. Not that I didn't like the idea, but it was just, I was very focused yeah. just playing. But, you know, like I said, being in LA at a period of time when, you know, they, you know, it's not like everybody was welcoming the presence of me with yeah, my yeah. degree. That place was full of, like, I mean, gosh, Jeff Berlin and Neil Steubenhaus and Abraham Laboreal and Jimmy Johnson. I mean, just these A-list 
musicians who were out there who were all trying to scrape for their own livelihood. Right. So what was I expecting? I was delusional thinking that they were going to, oh, I'd get my Zappa audition and all that kind of stuff. I was delusional. I really thought that that was going to happen. But then I realized, well, maybe I'm better off kind of, you know, broadening my scope a little bit so I could actually pay the rent. Gotcha. <laughs> you know, and, and it paid off in a big way because I got all these different um, things in my, in my uh, bag of, of whatever that it is that I do. And it led to my current situation with um, Silverland Music, Silverland, yeah, Silverman Music and uh, Silverland and, and Autumn Hill Records. It, it's uh, based on what they needed and what I offer. It's right. really a nice you know, symbiotic deal that's happening. It's very, very cool. I think one of these days I want, would love to sit down and, and cause you have a really good tone. Like I love your tone. The tone. Yeah. And, and, uh, I don't know if you use, uh, a lot of compression, no. uh, but your tone is just there. It just sits so well. And I'd love to see, I'd love to see what you do so I could steal some of that from my tone. Get some of that juice. Um, but I didn't say that out loud. <laughs> well, it's, it, it, it's really just the uh, sum total of my influences because I don't, I don't claim any actual originality in any of what I do, but I'm influenced so deeply by so many people. So there's like a little bit of what I love about Chris Squire's tone and there's a little bit of what I love about Stanley Clark's tone and there's a little bit of what I love with Jocko's tone and, there's, and you can go on and on and on. And that's where it comes from, is just the assimilation of what so many people before me did and gotcha. did well and filtered through my ears and my taste and the zillions of gigs that I've played and the fact that I was in a, a cover band that where I played, you know, well over a thousand gigs where I'm trying to, you know, sound reasonably like the recording. Uh -huh. So you know, keeping my ears open about how to make certain things happen and knowing how to make a sound happen, which has a lot to do with being good at dealing with, you know, the mixing console and what does the sure. equalizer do and what does the compressor do and sure. stuff like that. And what do all these effects do and things like that. So it helps me with my choice of instruments. It helps me with my choice of, of strings and yeah. settings. And, you know, it's all, uh, right on. It's, it's, you know, I'm not... I've never been interested in being original. I've always been interested in being a really good um, functioning professional. You know what I mean? Yeah. A functioning professional, somebody who can play any style, who can read fluently, who can do um, things that are asked of them on the spot, like in the studio or with a, a conductor in front of me. Yeah, yeah. You know, stuff well, like that. You know? my, my mentality when I was started playing bass was I'm not going to be a shredder I'm going to get the gig first. Right. And so I just worked on, you know, making sure I was in the pocket and, right. and I could play the song. Yeah. Um, Being very respectful for the role. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, but sometimes I wish I became the shredder. <laughs> or you make the shred moments uh, happen for yourself in the midst of your original projects. Yeah. Kind of like what yeah. I get to do with these guys is, the shred moments are there when they need to be. And otherwise I'm just being a, you know, you know, basically uh, a functionally, uh, you know, proper bass player, not calling attention to myself, but being a proper support for everything else that's going on. Yeah. But you're still a badass. 
Well, there's there's an art to <laughs> there's an art to fitting in, you know. <laughs> well, here here's the deal. You said you have a show coming up with uh with with Rhythm City. You mean this one coming up um next week? Or no. Oh, at the um Oh yeah, the uh what is it? You said it was coming up the summertime, like Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shit. The um that big jazz festival that they have outdoors, uh can, is there any way we could have you come back yeah. and maybe talk about that? Maybe if you oh, want yeah. to bring one of the guys in or whatever, oh, yeah. we'd love to have you guys come in and have a conversation with us about, you know, the festival and what you got going on. Yeah. I can't believe it. I'm drawing a blank. What the heck's it called? I mean, it's this huge multi-day outdoor music festival that they have the, during the summer. Uh, I'm drawing a blank. You, <laughs> you said it, and I. I, don't. I said it earlier, and now I can't remember. But whatever. <laughs> but we'll be playing, and there's a lot of big names that are going to be playing the same same thing, and we're going to be in and among them. And I'm really looking forward to that. That's going to be incredibly. We cool. definitely got to have you come back for yeah. that. And and if you want to bring some of the other guys, you can for sure. Or you just want to come. It doesn't make a difference. I want you to come back. I want to talk about that. Talk about who's playing it. Yeah. And, and you know, you should have more videos and we can hear more about your, your documentary and all that other good yeah. stuff. Oh, yeah. Hell, yeah. And maybe I'll have some of my own stuff done. Hell, yeah, bro. That's what yeah. I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. All right. Well, cool. Let's wrap this one up. But yeah. let's, let's, let's talk this. To all those St. Louis bands out there, all you comedians and anybody trying to do anything on the music or art scene. If you want to be on our podcast, all you have to do is reach out to us and give us that information and we'll schedule you in. Reach out to Joe Pro. Joe, what's the email it's address? AudioInkSTL at gmail.com. Reach out or, to Or you can go to uh, AudioInkSTL.com and there's a form on there that you can fill out. Fill that out. We want you to come in. We want to talk about what you got going on. We want to talk about the St. Louis scene, and we want to blow this shit up. So make sure you reach out to us. Make sure you watch. Make sure you you listen. You spread the music. You spread the love, and you support one another because that's what we need in this world, more support. Absolutely. Right, Joe? Absolutely. Support the arts. Like, there's not enough of it in the world in my opinion especially the st louis scene it's uh it's very neglected lately yeah but we're gonna it's coming back i think i think covid killed it but it's coming back it's coming back and there's so many great musicians uh you know we have the wonderful larry cornfield and 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 his bands that are just phenomenal and they're going to be playing this weekend uh, you can catch them at the Diamond Music Hall and what's the other The place? Focal Point. The Focal Point in Maplewood. Um, yeah. Friday and Saturday. You can catch this wonderful, amazing bass player and all of his peers just destroy the stage. And if you want to see something that you probably don't get to see often, check them out. It's totally. going to be totally worth it for sure. Oh, yeah. Anything else you want to bring up there, Ben? I'm good. I just remembered it's called Music at the Intersection. There that's you where, go. No. That's where Rhythm City is <laughs> going to be performing along with a whole host of other jazz luminaries. And what's the date on that? Um, it's in, let's see. Or is there an actual date set? It probably is. Let me see. I apologize. Music at the Intersection. That's yeah. going to be an, uh, an amazing. I've never event. heard of that festival. I, I'll have to check it out. Where, where is the intersection? <laughs> Saturday, September 14th. Sunday, oh, September wow. 15th. Yeah, that's, that's like outdoors too right yeah that's a ways away but yeah yeah we gotta have you back for that for sure oh yeah that's yeah. gonna be awesome dude that's gonna Absolutely. be killer well 
everyone, please join in. Listen to us. Spread the love. I Tell your mom. Tell your grandmother to check us out and listen to us. If they want to know what's going on in the St. Louis music scene or the entertainment scene, they need to listen to this podcast right there. So tell them to listen because we can tell them what's going on. They'll know about all the great bands and music. I'm telling you, this is where it's at. The Audio Inc. Podcast. I'm Pookie Jones. That's Joe Pro. And we got the wonderful Larry Kornfeld in to see us. We'll talk to you next week. And this is the Audio Inc. Podcast.